Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm uh, Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is uh, Legends Tour player and LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. A nice, beautiful, sunny day uh, down here in Florida, and I understand that you're uh, at the... Um, God, I just drew a blank. Cindy, where LPGA are you? National I Summit. I am in Des Moines, Iowa where the Solheim Cup just finished and the LPGA National Teaching and Coaching Summit is going on. Um, today's the second day of the uh, event, and it's very exciting here. Especially off of a, uh, a U.S. win. Uh, what, a, what a phenomenal Solheim Cup. That was fantastic, wasn't it? Holy cow, it was amazing. Totally amazing. I stood on the first <laughs> tee on Sunday, and the electricity and the fans and the music blaring. Oh, I mean, it's nothing I've ever seen before. It was absolutely electrifying. It was so awesome. Yeah, and, and kudos to Julie Inkster for, for doing a great job of, of leading the, the, the ladies uh, around through the, the last several days. But uh, let me just very quickly, Cindy, let's uh, um, remind everybody, of course, where we are and how to uh, tune in each week, and then we'll, we'll continue our discussion. Um, again, welcome everybody to the Women of Golf Show. Um, we're live here every Tuesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network, and that's the best way to find us. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just type women of golf up in the search key. Uh, the show will be front and center, of course, during the live broadcast, but uh, for some reason, if you can't join us live, uh, just visit that link at any time and scroll down to the on-demand section, and all of the shows, including today's, are previously recorded uh, so you'll be able to listen when it's convenient for you. Uh, we're also available now at uh, iTunes.com uh, and Stitcher.com as well. Under the podcast section, just type in, again, Women of Golf, and you can listen on either, either of those platforms if uh, you so choose. Um, also, we would love to hear from you. If you want to reach out to either Cindy or I on the live broadcast on Tuesdays, uh, you can do so by calling area code 347-945-5855. And, of course, as always, uh, if you're somebody in the golf profession, you're interested in coming on the show, uh, you can reach out to Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com. That's Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com. Or you can certainly reach out to me as well. And my email is Ted.GolfTalkLive at gmail.com. Um, we're going to talk a little bit, uh, Cindy, this morning, on uh, have a discussion on the five E's of girls' golf. Uh, of course, we've talked about them before on the show when we had a guest uh, talking about uh, girls' golf and uh, some of the various uh, programs that are offered there. But uh, 
Uh, and then a little bit later on the show, we're going to be uh, joined by Cara uh, Miller. Uh, sorry, Cara Moore. Uh, she's an LPGA golf instructor and entrepreneur. She'll be joining us in the second half. But just uh, Cindy, just sort of pick up. For, we got a few minutes. Just pick up uh, where you left off uh, on the uh, about the Solheim Cup. It was just absolutely amazing. I, I cannot. They pre-sold 120,000 tickets, which for women's wow. golf, that's unbelievable. And they just, that never happens. And there were men walking around with, you know, their buddies drinking beer, watching women's golf. I mean, it's just, it was so awesome. And these girls, this golf course was 6,800 yards. Wow. And so the reality check is, wow, I suck. (laughs) And they don't. (laughs) No. And, well, it's just amazing how far they hit the freaking ball. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's. They rose to the occasion. I think Lexi was eight or nine under on a round. I mean, it was just amazing how well they played. And and kudos to the whole team. And even the European team played well. It's just, it's amazing. The, The sad part is the European tour has really downgraded their events. Apparently they got rid of their commissioner and, they don't. They don't have very many events. So the way they choose the team, I think, is going to change for the next Solheim yeah. uh, Cup, which is going to be in Scotland. But anyway, it was just awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I heard a report uh, just going back about the crowd sizes, Nat. That I think this was the largest crowd that they've ever had at a Solheim Cup, if I'm not mistaken. So that's that's just a, a testament of just how well the. Uh, women's golf has developed over the last several years um, that it's just getting bigger and bigger uh, and better, obviously. And uh, what, what a great event. And I'm, I'm, I'm jealous and envious. I know they say you shouldn't be jealous or envious, uh, but I am of you, Cindy. Uh, I wish I had been there to, uh, to partake in that event. It, it was very exciting from what I saw of it on TV. I didn't get to see it all, but I did get to see uh, some of it. And, and yeah, the, the, the girls were just fantastic on both sides, European and uh, the U.S. side. But uh, congratulations, of course, to uh, Team USA for, uh, for retaining the, uh, the Solheim Cup. And uh, again, to, uh, to Julie Ingster for doing a fantastic job of, of leading them. Um, Absolutely. Speaking of, girls, yeah, speaking of girls golf, Cindy, um, we're going to just sort of brush stroke, if you will, um, across the five E's of girls golf and maybe just get you to, to make a few comments. Now, I'm going to read out the first one, of course, um, and, and their sort of motto or, or kudo, if you will, uh, for each of them is as follows. Um, the first one, of course, is we empower girls with confidence and inspire them to dream big. You're obviously very familiar with girls golf uh, platform that. How important is, is that first one um, for their initiative and, and girls golf in general? Oh my goodness, it's the most important part because it's belief. It's giving them confidence and courage. Um, it's helping them realize that they, you know, can do, have, and be better. And um, as, as the LPGA Girls Golf Site Director for Buffalo, I, you know, needless to say, we teach a lot of girls and a lot of kids, and it's, it's the most important part of all of what we do, I believe. Don't you agree? Yeah, I, I do as well, and, and they do a fantastic job. I mean, you know, virtually everybody that we've had on this program uh, that's, you know, an instructor or in, in the golf industry, um, 
more often than not, will actually make a, a reference to the LPGA Girls Golf uh, programs and that, and just how, how well run they are and, and just how successful they've been over the years. And you're, you're right. I think to, to really teach these young ladies, because you've got to remember, folks, uh, for those of you tuning into the show this morning, um, you know, certainly women have been playing golf for a long, long time, but it has predominantly been a male-dominated sport for, for many, many decades. And it's really only been probably what maybe the last 50 or so years, Cindy, that really women's golf has started to um, really come in the forefront uh, a little bit. And especially probably in the last 20 years, uh, I would say even more so. Um, And and it's just, you know, I I think the initiatives that are being taken now to really get young women involved in the sport, um, because there's a lot of misconceptions uh, I think has done wonders for helping. And and a good example of it is of course, what we just talked about in the Solheim come up. Uh, Solheim Cup. So um, empowering these young ladies and giving them confidence and inspiring them to dream big. Um, I mean, how many of these young girls that you've seen over the years, Cindy, that are now LPGA professionals that maybe just, you know, really didn't play golf very much when they were young, but somehow got into uh, the game through mentors like yourself and others that now are out there leading the charge as well. I mean, I'm sure you've got uh, some stories that you could share. Well, I really don't have any numbers of who I know that uh, Brittany Lincecum and Morgan Pressel, but I really don't have a number. But to me, that's not the important part. To me, the important part of this is how many girls use the game of golf as a business tool. How many girls play yeah. golf in college, whether it's D1, D2, D3? How many girls mm-hmm. know how to play the game of golf, whether they use it um, for their family to build relationships, to exercise, how many girls have been exposed to the game? So, you know, when you ask what's the elite level, well, needless to say, the cream rises to the top and the numbers up there are not as large. There are 50,000 girls in the LPGA Girls Golf Program. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a that's a very powerful number. And you're exactly right. You know, the main thing is you certainly want to empower and and develop the skills for these young ladies uh, on the, certainly on the golf course. But as you mentioned, uh, even uh, um, off the golf course, you want them to carry that on. Whether they uh, ever play on uh, a collegiate team or or on the LPGA tour, um, certainly is a fantastic dream if that's what they want. Uh, but just being a part of the game and being able to use it, as you said, as a business tool is, is uh, priceless. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. Uh, the next uh, E, if you will, of the five E's of girls golf is we enrich girls lives by expanding their minds and their horizons. Um, again, everything in the program, of course, not just to teach them about the stance and the swing, uh, but uh, through, uh, various connections, but obviously wanting to enrich their lives. Um, just talk a little bit about that. You know, you've worked with a lot of young ladies as well uh, in your uh, programs. Now, just talk a little bit about how much it's enriched their lives. Well, again, how many, again, the applause that you hear in the background is at the LPGA National Teaching and Coaching Summit, and there are 100 women sitting in a room of which we're all basically friends. Uh, There's 1,700 women LPGA teaching club professional members. And someone handed us a golf club at some point. And so how can your life be enriched by learning and knowing how to play the game of golf? 
Is it the camaraderie right. of, you know, meeting other girls? It, it's kind of like, you know, the Girl Scouts. It's a club thing. And it's, yeah. it's relationships and it's friendships and it's doing things together and it's trusting and it's, you know, honesty and, and all those kinds of things. So does that enrich somebody's life? Of course it does. Sure. Yeah, I- I- exactly. Um, and, and I think the most, uh, you know, the other uh, part of it as well um, which leads into the next one, and, and that is we engage girls with positive fee, female role models and, and mentors. And, you know, as you said, there are so many great women in the LPJ profession, um, both at your level, Cindy, and, and somewhere, um, you know, from the bottom up to, to your level, um, that can be a positive role model. And, and gosh, don't we need more of that in today's society is for, for some of these young girls to have somebody to look up to and say, hey, you know, I can do that, whether they're, it's a tour member or whether it's a teacher professional or whether it's a business person that maybe has adopted golf as a, as a tool, as you suggested. Um, how, you know, again, just touch a little bit on about how important it is just to get them engaged uh, and, and have somebody there to, to sort of uh, guide them along. Well, I think that the um, – I don't believe that women are known for reaching out and helping other women. I think men have done it forever. Oh my God! Hang on a minute. I, they're introducing the executive committee, and I got to go in there. So hang on. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, Cindy's just got to uh, to dash in a moment. They're introducing the executive members at the LPJ uh, National Summit. So um, we will just. Uh, hold tight here for, for just a second, but um, while Cindy's doing that until she comes back, um, let, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to talk a little bit here, Cindy, and you just let me know when you're back. Um, let me just remind everybody, of course, uh, every Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, on the blogtalkradio.com network, you can find Cindy Miller and I here on the Women of Golf Show, so make sure you tune in, and don't forget Thursday evenings uh, from 6 to 8 Central or 7 to 9 Eastern uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network, you can find me uh, going in alone on my uh, premier show, Golf Talk Live. Uh, and every week we have a great round of Coach's Corner uh, to start things off and then uh, back, an insightful back, interview with my, with my guest. All right, well, Cindy's back now. They've, they've done uh, what they've needed to do. Um, we were just talking very briefly about engaging, uh, and you were starting to talk, and then, then you had to step away for a second. Yes. So women on, as a whole I don't think are that open, and they don't um, – typically don't reach out to other women. Women can be known as, you know, a little catty and, you know, jealous. And and so the LPGA Girls Golf Club is they want to have positive role models and they want to help other people and they want to reach out. And the good old boys club has been around forever and women really have not helped each other. And so they're changing the face of that, which I think is totally important and you have to do yeah, you're you're right. I think that um, you know they always talk about competition. Uh, you know, men being very competitive, but I think really, if if you look at it from um, a, a more truthful standpoint, I think women are far more competitive uh, in in other ways um, than even men are. And I think, as you pointed out, this sometimes has, has hurt them a little bit um, in helping one another. And I think this is sort of new territory in many ways for a lot of young girls is they're unsure of, you know, I mean, they're, they're trying to be competitive uh, in the world as a whole, and they're competitive with one another uh, in other ways. And sometimes 
that can work against them. And I think what the programs are trying to do here is to show them that um, there's other options out there for them. And uh, by getting them engaged and, and showing them examples throughout the LPGA membership um, of some great uh, ladies who have, you know, risen to the challenge, if you will, um, is, you know, can be nothing but a positive thing. Um, the next one, Cindy, of course, is energizing girls with passion for the game of golf. And that's just... Uh, obviously, the first step is to introduce them to the game, but then get them excited about playing the game. Because, you know, a lot of people, they see it on TV, and if they're not really familiar with the game, um, you know, they, they kind of, you know, do the old hand up to the face yawn and say, well, I don't, just don't get it. You know, why are they chasing this, you know, stupid little white ball around? What's the point? But there's really much a, a bigger point. Um, so what do you try to do, Cindy, when you're teaching some of the girls to, to really get them energized and excited about the game? Well, you know, it's funny. We did a camp over at uh, Easter vacation, and one of the little girls didn't really want to go. And um, so I said to her, I said, well, you like dance. And she said, well, yeah. I said, well, why don't you make up, choreograph our our intro and our workout so we can do our warm-up? I said, so I want you to go find a song that you love. If you have a big loudspeaker, I want you to bring the speaker, and it's your job to lead us in our warm-up. So, oh, okay. You know, so you have to kind of go with where they're at, and you can't say, yeah. we're going to learn how to hit a, a, a 60-yard pitch shot, and they might go, I could care less. So you have to <laughs> kind of figure out, you know, what they like and what they want to do, and then you have to have some fun with it. And at first, you know, it's kind of like the TPI certification. You're sitting there thinking, right. you know, why are we running and jumping and doing uh, karaoke twists, um, does that have anything to do with golf? And the answer is yes. You know, you need to get in shape, uh, and you also need to be energized, and you also need to have a little bit of fun. So that's what we do yeah. to energize. Yeah, and, and and the key word is really fun. You know, um, golf can be challenging in itself it's a very difficult game we're not going to you know mix any any um um you know any any in our discussion and, and try to make it sound like it's the easiest game on earth it's by far uh not even close uh, it's a difficult game but it can be um very rewarding uh if you're willing to put the time and the effort and the energy into it um but I think you're exactly right, Cindy, and what you did was fantastic. The example that you gave is, you know, you have to make it fun. You have to kind of come to their level, and it's not all just about golf instruction. I mean, you know, um, I'll be the first to admit, you know, sometimes you get out there, and if you just get dialed into instruction, 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 and you're not really sort of looking around and smelling the roses, it can get very boring and very routine and very mundane. So you have to kind of be willing to mix it up. And, and when you're dealing with these young youngsters, sometimes you might only have one shot at it. And if you don't make it very appealing or exciting or energizing, um, you know, they're going to just drop out like flies. So, um, you know, you have to be a little bit creative sometimes in your instruction. The last one, of course, you kind of touched on this just with your last comments, um, and that is exercise. Um, not only the girls' minds, but their bodies as well, helping them to be able to unlock their full potential. And, and really, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. They talk about, well, it's just, you know, you're walking. It's not a big deal. Um, playing a round of golf is, is the equivalent of approximately five miles if you were to walk it uh, or also the equivalent of a three-and-a-half-mile run, uh, which for some of us out there is, is quite a feat. So, um, 
the, the walking part's not so bad, but the three and a half mile run, uh, let, let me tell you, that's not an easy thing for somebody unless you're, you're in some sort of training. Um, you know, Cindy, and you know, you've walked many a golf courses and especially um, French lick, uh, perhaps, I don't know if you walked that or not, probably not. Cause that's a little bit more that was uh, 22, of, of mountain goat. Yeah. So that's more of mountain goat territory. So, you know, firsthand from playing on, on the various tours that, it's t- a tough grind when you've got to walk that golf course, right? Well, it is, and it's not so much just the walking as it is exercising so that you can hit the ball better. So it's funny. I stood on the fifth hole during the Solheim Cup matches on Sunday, and I wanted to see where everybody drove the ball. And it was – I don't remember the yardage of the hole, but they were all getting there in two – and, you know, when I stood on the tee box and I looked out, I go, well, this is about where my drive would go. And you'd say they were 30 or 40 yards in front of that. But I was watching the muscles in their legs. Trust yes. me. When we played, when I played on the tour, there was no exercising. There is exercising now. Right. You are your only inventory. So not only do you need to exercise your mind, but you need to exercise your body. And and you have to be in tip-top shape or you're not going to be able to compete with everybody else so not only should you be in shape you know physically for your own health but also to be able to play better um it's funny we had i I was fortunate enough to do one of the keynotes yesterday about the it box at the national teaching coaching Mm -hmm. summit and lynn marriott and pia nelson were also here and they talked about vision and what really hit home to me was you know they said a lot of these parents want these kids to go be superstars and you're trying to encourage them to go practice. And if it's not really their passion, they're not going to do it. I mean, when you talk about passion, you have to live, eat, breathe, and sleep this. And so you can't make somebody be a superstar. They have to get up every day and want to do this. So, not only should you exercise your, your body, but you need to exercise your mind. And being a part of the LPGA Girls Golf Club doesn't mean that you have to want to be a tour player. It means you have to be want, right. willing to be the best you that you can be. And we need to have coaches and mentors that believe that so that we can give these kids, you know, the best possible experience, which is awesome. Yeah, well well said. And just to very quickly recap, uh, the five E's of girls golf uh, is empower, enrich, engage, energize, and of course, exercise. Um, if you want to learn more uh, about the uh, LPGA girls golf programs, you can visit their website at www.girlsgolf.org. And you can find all of that uh, and more of what we talked about today uh, on their website. So make sure you do that. Um, you know, Cindy, you're exactly right, you know, just to talk a little bit more about the exercise. You know, if you look at the tour players, both whether it's the men's or the ladies' uh, tours, um, they are far more um, muscular. Obviously, the exercise regiments that are out there today, um, uh, some of them can be very, very intense. Um, you know, the, the the jury is out whether some of them may take it a little bit too far at times um, because you obviously, if you get too um you know, too heavy into the fitness, uh, you, then you increase the risk of injuries, which is certainly not very conducive. And, and I know players like Rory McIlroy and some of the others that really uh, are very fitness, and of course even Tiger's, Tiger Woods for, for a long time, 
um, would sometimes uh, injure himself uh, with some of his uh, aggressive workout styles. So um, you have to be careful. Uh, you're not looking to be a bodybuilder. Um, but something that uh, the other thing I wanted to mention very quickly, Cindy, and, and then we'll, uh, we'll move on, is, you know, you talked about, you know, wanting to, to somebody that, you know, to be the next superstar. And a word that seems to elude a lot of people is the word sacrifice. I don't think people really understand how much sacrifice. It's not just the hard work and all of that that goes into becoming that uh, and the desire and the passion. But what a lot of them have to give up a lot of other things in order to dedicate their time and efforts to becoming that elite golfer or that elite athlete. And I think a lot of people, once they sort of weigh the pros and the cons, might look at it a little bit differently. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, but I think the person that their vision, their dream, and their heart are all moving towards being a tour player, I don't believe they see the sacrifice. So someone, again, I teach an awful lot of kids whose parents want their child to be the next Jordan Spieth or Michelle Wee or Lydia Ko, and I can tell you that the passion is not in the child's eyes. The passion is in the parent's mm. eyes. And, and yeah. that, again, I've taught golf in Buffalo for 30 years. And the closest we've come to a tour player is our own child that would sit in the back room, we called it the playroom, during the Masters and close the door and said, I'm working, don't bother me. And he would right. watch those guys hit shots. He went to school at Augusta State University and he would go to the, to the Augusta, the national or the masters. And he would sit there and watch how they would hit shots. He was inspecting Mm. everything that they would do. Most kids don't do that. Yeah. And and my child shot five under par Q school and said, and missed it by two and said, I played really good. I'm not good enough. So, you know, were all those years wasted? Absolutely not. Because what do you learn on the path to trying to become great? All kinds of things. Commitment, belief, yeah. focus, you know, mind control, yeah, all and, kinds of stuff. So, so again, you know, um, yeah, I don't it, think that it, the it's kids be- that are trying to be good see the sacrifice. Right. And, and you know what, the, 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 the upside to that, even if, you know, you don't make it, like you said, there's so many great life lessons that you can learn along the way that are going to benefit you, you know, multiple times over in other areas of your life. So, um, but you're right. You have to have the passion yourself. It can't be somebody else's dream that you're trying to fulfill. And that's where I think that the, the, the cycle, unfortunately, um, gets into many many times is the kids get kind of prodded and pushed into uh you know a, a golf program that they may really don't want to do um and not well, to say and that's that it why wouldn't be good golf for them is supposed to be fun you know we're trying right. to get kids to come and do fun things when uh right. CPI started they did an, uh, a survey in san diego that said you know they asked these kids what would you like to do after school and golf wasn't even on the list no one even mentioned no. golf because they didn't think it was fun. No. So, and now right. it's 50,000 girls in the girls' golf. Right. And, and again, you know? that's just, you know, yeah, that's like I said in the beginning, you know, when you see it on television sometimes, 
uh, it, it doesn't be, you know, it's not made out. Uh, you know, if you're somebody that's in the industry and you understand what golf is about, of course it's fun. But for somebody that's a, a sort of a newbie that's never played, that's never seen the game, um, you know, other than what they've seen on TV, sometimes that's not always the best representation if you're trying to attract new people because it doesn't look like a whole lot of fun to somebody that's not familiar with the game. Um, all right, so we got to move on real quick here because I see uh, Kara is uh, on board here. So let me just read out a little bit about uh, our, our special guest this morning, and then we'll bring her on and help her uh, have her join the, the conversation. Uh, Kara Moore, of course, is an LPGA uh, golf instructor and entrepreneur. She has been uh, on the golf course since age seven, uh, grew up in Centerville, Virginia, receiving lessons from longtime coach uh, Varden Dyer at the Northern Virginia Golf Academy at Clifton Ponds. Uh, she attended Westfield High School in uh, Chantilly, uh, Virginia, while attending Westfield. Uh, Kara was a four-year varsity golfer. Uh, she was coached under the Golf Channel's PGA professional Erica Larkin, uh, as well as uh, the LPGA teacher professional and fellow U.S. Kids golf instructor Tara Miller. Uh, she founded the Division Three women's golf program at Marymount University in Arlington, Virginia, uh, and played on its inaugural 2014-15 team in her senior year. Uh, she's volunteered with the first tee in, in D.C. Uh, for two years and returned to Westfield High School as a golf coach after graduating from Marymount University uh, May of 2015 with the B.A. in psychology. Uh, sorry, uh, yes, psychology and a minor in criminal justice. So, um, Cindy, let's welcome our very special mm-hmm. guest this morning. Good morning, Kara. Thanks for joining us on the Women of Golf. You're welcome. How are you all doing today? We're doing great. We're doing we're doing fantastic. Thank you, Kara, for for joining us this morning. Um, Cindy, let me just, if you don't mind, I just have a, a quick question I want to ask you, um, Kara. Here, so let me just start off uh, the conversation. Um, you know, in the bio, I read here that uh, you founded the women's golf program at Marymount University. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your experience there and, and what prompted you to sort of, um, you know, push that program, if you will, uh, into, that, uh, into that collegiate field? Well, basically, I went to Marymount University in hopes of playing basketball, and I did that for a little bit uh, with a career-ending injury. And so what I wanted to do was still stay in the athletic department, and golf was something that I had played for many, many years. And uh, I was currently, I was working at Washington Golf and Country Club, which is right next to Marymount University, and I got this bright idea to, um, to see if I could create a women's team because there was just a men's team and Marymount was adding two more women's sports that following year they were thinking of uh, triathlon and softball so uh, I kind of just it was one of those spur of the moment things because I'm one of those people who is willing to jump into something that I'm really passionate about so I literally uh, went to the athletic director and asked if I could make a women's golf team. She kind of laughed at me just because the school was so small. And uh, and so she said, well, if you can get me the players, the coach, teams to play, uh, because our conference did not have any women's golf teams. So basically I spent my entire junior year uh, summer on the phone talking to different coaches from different schools in Virginia and basically word of mouth got around and we ended up with 11 girls at tryouts 
the rest is kind of history. We have the support from Washington Golf and Country Club, so a lot of the members and uh, PGA professionals were really on board about it. And uh, Coach Rob Ferguson from Washington Golf volunteered to be the coach. We went up up and down Route 81, uh, 2014-2015 season, and it was the best time of my life. It was difficult, but it was the best time of my life. I would do it again. Wow. That's awesome. That, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to mention that is, you know, just to take on that task, and as you said, you spent your – uh, your summer basically on the phone trying to, to, to get that to happen. And obviously you were successful uh, at doing that. So obviously you must have a, a certain amount of pride in, in, in that accomplishment. And obviously, um, you know, you had the, the pleasure of, of obviously being involved in the inaugural uh, year as well. So that was a s- sort of bittersweet, if you will, um, to be able to do that. Um, Cindy, go ahead and, and um, continue on. So is the team still playing? Yes, uh, I am extremely proud of the players. I think the players I played with my senior season are now going into their senior season themselves because they were freshmen, most of them. And they actually just joined the uh, Central Centennial Conference just because our Capital Athletic Conference did not have any teams. Um, Whereas now, University of Mary Washington has a women's team. Christopher Newport University has a women's team. And so I was really, really excited to see not only the growth of the game in the Capital Athletic Conference, but they're also reaching out to other schools uh, up and down the East Coast. I mean, the team has done a great job. We've had a player come over from Italy to play, and um that was really interesting with the recruiting process. I was there to witness it, but the team has brought home trophies and I was able to go to the school and see them in the trophy case. So it's almost surreal for me just because I really hmm. wanted to have a college team experience in golf socially, but our main goal was to beat our scores that we set to set records for years to come. And those girls have completely blown them away but our season was definitely a lot of fun and just self-improvement was the main thing setting goals and um i am i'm just so it's something i think about every single day and i'm so proud of what the team has accomplished and i'm very thankful to marymount for allowing me to raise my voice and suggest a women's golf team and fully, fully support it. The president, Dr. Matthew Shank at Marymount, loves golf. And so we had so much fun, but they're actually winning now. And they might have a chance at NCAAs this year, which is, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I, I don't even know what to say about how well they've gotten. Wow. You know, that right there, Cindy, just sort of epitomizes what we were just talking about. I don't know if you caught some of the earlier conversation or not, uh, Carab, that we were talking about uh, the LPGA's girls' golf programs and just about empowering and, and enriching the lives of, of young girls coming up. And your story, um, certainly even just at, at this point, and there's much more to come, 
um, really epitomizes what we were talking about a little bit earlier in the broadcast about just even introducing um, some of these young ladies to the to the game uh, can open up so many doors. And and that's really what I, I guess I wanted to lead in with with my next question. And that was, you know, golf can open up so many doors. Um, has it opened any doors for you at this point? And, and what are they obviously besides what you just explained? Well, um, I have a story that's kind of destiny in the making. I graduated from Marymount in 2015 and wanted to take some time off of school. I had never even thought about teaching golf. It didn't even cross my mind. I gave people tips at the range here and there. But I didn't want to leave Marymount not having any part of golf in my life. So I did a Google search. And out of everything that could come up, there was one thing, and that was volunteering with the first TEDC. So I did that my senior year right through graduation, and that's where I learned I loved to teach, specifically juniors. But I will teach anyone and everyone who wants to learn how to play golf. Um, the, The great thing about the LPGA Girls Golf Program is that it's something that incorporates a lot of fun, and I have had the opportunity to attend a few events through the first PDC, and these girls truly do have a lot of fun learning about the game. We do an amazing race on the course, and it's literally like the TV show, but I think there is a little bit more to be done. We were discussing down in Florida at the level one education for LPGA that, that as a whole do want to get at least a hundred thousand girls into the LPGA girls golf program within the next five years. And I think it's totally possible with the outlets like the first tee. And I ended up working at uh, Dick sporting goods in the golf department. Some guy came up one day and, uh, was surprised that there was a female working in the golf department. He asked me my story. I told told him all about Marymount. And he said, well, I have this friend, and he's over at uh, Twin Lakes Golf Course. And that was the golf course I grew up playing at. And he needs a little help this summer. So that was summer of 2015. From there, I got the opportunity to work with LPGA's Noel Jablonski at the Everybody Golf School in Oakton, Virginia, where I'm an instructor now. And the funny thing is, the, the whole destiny part is, when I was nine years old, I was a camper at the Everybody Golf School. And so just 15 years later, I'm an instructor now. And I've been doing wow. camps uh, the last couple of weeks. And I I didn't know how much it meant to me until... I lost my Everybody Golf School water bottle from when I was nine years old. I put a bunch of teas in there, and I lost it everywhere. I didn't want the teas back. I just wanted the water bottle. So it's very sentimental to me that Noel Jablonski and George Danielson have given me the opportunity to teach at Everybody Golf School. It's something I started off playing golf with, and I it's just surreal for me to be an instructor there now and have the platform to introduce golf to everyone, including the juniors. We have a huge junior program. So destiny has really hit its mark, and I just can't wait to see what's up next. I mean, I have 
the support of Erica Larkin and Tara Miller, and I feel they have been a pivotal, pivotal um, role in me keep to keep going because they coached my high school team when it was about to fall apart due to no interest. And so Destiny has really hit its mark, and I can't be more thankful to everybody who's helped me through the process. Wow, that's wow. awesome. I, I think you just hit all five of Kara. the – sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Cindy. Um, when you started the program at Marymount University, did you have to fund it or did the school fund it, and how did that all work? Well, Marymount University is a private Division three <laughs> university, and we it's run just like any other athletic – program however the larger schools have larger budgets and the the funding for the golf team was simply from donations to the athletic booster club and so that's why they were able to add women's golf and women's triathlon that year it just uh just so happened that you know golf is one of those really expensive sports but i was able to get you know, shirts, bags, tees, everything down to little golf balls with every logo for for a good price just because the athletic department and athletic director helped me out so much. So the budget was small, but with the donations from the community, we were able to get whatever we wanted and go to South Carolina for a tournament, the TaylorMade Adidas Intercollegiate. So that was that's just all donations and <clears throat> I honestly am forever in debt to the members of Washington Golf and Country Club, the time that Coach Rob Ferguson spent helping me out. It's really just one of those family things. So funding was a little tight at first, but um the the members and the community were not afraid to donate because they really support us. Let me ask you a question. If if someone's listening and they wanted to start a golf program at their university, what would be the initial expenses to start or fund a program? Do you have any idea what the total amount would be? Well, I would start off by taking into consideration the gas and hotel fees for travel. We traveled throughout Virginia, so since we're, we were at the very tip of Route 81, uh, essentially we were driving down all the way to Roanoke. And so gas, hotels, um, I would say the starting budget is at least um, five to $10,000 uh, just for shirts, bags, um, visors, caps. And a lot of it was just donations. So if if they want to start a program, I would just say, you know, make sure you keep talking because eventually somebody will listen. And that's exactly what my athletic director did, what my school did for me. And so essentially just put a lot of passion into it and somebody will eventually hear you. Awesome. Thank you. You know, um, Kara, what I was um, starting to say a little bit earlier is, you know, with with your your journey thus far really sort of epitomizes the five E's that we were talking about with the LPGA Girls Golf. 
Um, you've right. pretty much hit every one of them with, with your story. And, and just to sort of piggyback onto what Cindy was just saying, um, obviously you, you reached out, I'm assuming, to a lot of the business community and, and so forth and that, um, you know, to, to get help with, with some of the funding and, and some of the, the donations and, and things like that. Um, but just sort of playing on that LPJ Girls Golf uh, program theme, for, for the young girls that might be, or parents even, that might be listening, um, certainly we don't want to, to push anybody, but what would you say to the parents um, as a way of, of maybe getting them introduced to the game? What advice would you give them, I guess, is what I'm asking, um, and, and how to let them sort of grow and foster themselves? What advice would you give parents to, to introduce them to the game? Well, I have a lot of young students uh, all the way down to four years old, and a lot of golf clubs offer classes, specifically Snag, which is the golf equipment uh, company with the extra large golf clubs using tennis balls. Mm -hmm. And to the parents, I would just say, you know, take a look at what the golf courses around you are offering it's not going to cost a lot of money like you think. Almost, I think every golf course has golf clubs for anybody who needs them. And the great thing about the first tee is that they will donate them if the child needs a set. And so the golf community itself, specifically in my demographic, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, is extremely giving, so there's no shortage of opportunity. So I would just tell the parents to suggest it to the kids, you know, suggest a game of golf. Maybe their their father or their mother have played before, but if it's something that the child is going to want to do, um, they're going to they're gonna let their parents know that they had fun at class. And so I think that definitely ties into the instructors. We have to make sure that, we're not just stating the rules. We have creative and play fun games and make golf a really fun game. So just to the parents, the the child will definitely let you know if they're loving the sport and um it's not gonna cost big bucks just to just to get a uh golf class in. Yeah, that well, well said, and and you're exactly right. And seeing you and I talked about that a little bit earlier on is is really the key thing is making it fun and making it appealing for some of these youngsters to um, you know to be able to come out and and uh, and enjoy the game and not make it so regimented and and uh, high pressured um, that they're not going to want to uh, take it. Um, City, uh, have you got another question that uh, you'd like to ask, uh, Kara? What are you doing right now? Right now, right this second or in in this no, part you're of working the at everybody golf school is your is your main position to run the camps. You know, I know Noelle and I know she's awesome, and I and I know all about the everybody golf school. But is that your main job right well, now or responsibility? Yeah, right now we're actually about to start our our next round of golf classes. We usually do. Uh, four to four to six week golf classes and basically um another round is about to start here in northern virginia we don't get cold weather until at least november so i'm teaching uh private lessons 
classes to adults, juniors, um, everything. And then during the winter, I work sporting goods uh, in the golf department. So right now I'm just continuing to teach, and I just started back up at Dick's Sporting Goods, and I've met plenty of uh, people who I've seen at Oakmar now uh, at the Everybody Golf School that I met at Dick's Sporting Goods. So just teaching private lessons, doing classes, really, really enjoying myself. I never imagined that I would be doing this for a living. If I could do it for free, I would. (laughs) I I just love interacting with people and when I if you had told me when I graduated from Marymount this is what I would be doing I would have told you absolutely not I'm going to be a psychologist but it has definitely helped the sports psychology (laughs) class I took in college (laughs) yeah it's definitely (laughs) dealing with people uh, but also understanding people and their different approach toward the game of golf because it is so mental. And so I've definitely really learned a lot from myself and other people. So teaching is what I love to do, and hopefully I'm at Everybody Golf School for the next 60 years. That's great. Do you have a, Kara, do you have a favorite moment during a golf lesson? Is there is there a moment in a golf lesson when it just everything sort of clicks and you just – say to yourself, wow, this is this is what it's all about? I think the the moment, the, my favorite moment is when the student finds their own swing. And you, you can insert a bunch of fundamentals that great Ben Hogan put into to the game for us. But my favorite part is when the student actually starts hitting the ball consistently straight and they get that nice sound of the sweet spot of the club. And then their reaction is just is pure joy. The, the game that they never thought they could play, they can now play well enough to go on the golf course. And that's my favorite moment when they find their own swing. And then they can tell other people about how they swing the golf club, see if it works for them. So definitely that light bulb of, oh, okay, so if I do this with every club, essentially all I need to do is is adjust my feet and do the same swing, and it'll work out for me. That's just one of those things that I think more exciting for me than the student. But I let them know that. I'm over there jumping up and down and saying, <laughs> you found your swing, you found your swing. And they're kind of looking at me sort of as if, okay, I found my swing. And then I explained to them that it takes people years and years to get one swing that will work for them. I created a bunch of bad habits when I was 12 years old. And so I think that's the best part. When they find their swing and you can hand them any golf club, they'll they'll get the ball out there. That's yeah, awesome. that's that's so true. Yeah, that's a, that's a great thing. Um well, uh, Sydney, unless you have something else you want to ask, I think we, we're close to, to wrapping up here. But, um, Carol, we want to thank you for joining Sydney uh, um, and I this morning on the Women of Golf. It's been certainly a very interesting oh, story really for you to share. It. I really appreciate and it. The LPGA has done so much for me as far as throwing as an instructor and golf 
and I just, I can't even believe that I have this opportunity in life, so I'm going to take it and run with it, do, pay it forward, exactly what I'm going to do. Well, that's fantastic. Well, you keep um, rising to the challenge, uh, Kara. I mean, I just think it's fantastic, your story, what you've done, and, and uh, we would love to have you come back again in the future and, and maybe share some more with us uh, when you have a chance. But uh, on that note, thank you very much, uh, Kara Moore, for, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. All right, thank you so much, and go Saints. All right, starting their uh, season this this week or last (laughs) week, so go Saints. Do well and make an NCAA championship. Come back to Arlington, Virginia. Perfect. Have a great week. All right, thank you so much. Bye bye. Thanks, Kara. Bye bye. All right, that was a very special guest, uh, LPJ golf instructor and entrepreneur, uh, Kara Moore, joins this morning. Um, Cindy, I just saved a couple of moments um, for you um, so that you can let the folks know about your Learn to Hit a Kit. Go ahead. I created the Learn to Hit a Kit for people who need to learn to play golf and really don't have the time to find lessons or hire a babysitter. And so the Learn to Hit a Kit includes a 10-module online course. It includes a portable golf mat with foam golf balls and my Golf 101 book. And you can purchase it online at learntohititkit.com. For $99, you get a mat, balls, a book, a coupon for 10% off any Callaway Club, and a 10-module online course, so you can watch your iPad and learn how to play in your backyard. Yep, so no excuses anymore, folks, uh, for not learning this great game. And then uh, when you feel confident and comfortable enough that you want to expand a little bit further, then you can go and see Cindy Miller um, when it's convenient for you and get some lessons right from the pro herself. Cindy, thank you as always, and good luck at this uh, uh, today at the, um, the National Summit. Um, I know you'll uh, you'll always do them proud, and thank you for doing all of the hard work that you do to help make this game, uh, game exciting. Um, on that note, uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in faithfully uh, each and every week to the Women of Golf, and we'll be back next Tuesday with uh, some more interesting discussion and another exciting guest, and we hope that you'll join us uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network. So on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, uh, I'm Ted Rodrigo. Thank you for joining us this morning. God bless everybody, and we will see you next week here on the Women of Golf. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye.